0: This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN.
1: Hoist the Gold has the lead. National Treasure takes another crack at him at the five 516s. There's still three better than O'Connor. Senor Buscador continues to run home. He ponders an inside lane with a quarter of a mile left to go. Still plenty of hopes here in the Pegasus World Cup. National Treasure has come away with the lead. Senor Buscador, he's still closing down the center. There's an eighth of a mile to go, and National Treasure with work to do senor buscador takes aim on the outside they come past the eighth pole on the inside it's still national treasure holding on down the center senor buscador he's running out of time national treasure would not be denied national treasure wins the pegasus world cup senor buscador just ran out of racetrack third is Troopy in 150 and two
0: now here's bob Nestanovich and mike penna
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the February 1st, 2024 edition of the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bob Nostanovich, today's host. I'll be joined by today's analyst, the Baron of the Backstretch himself, Mike Penna. We're here to take in some live racing from Gulfstream Park, Fairgrounds, and Sunland Park and catch you up on recent goings on in the world of thoroughbred horse racing, including a look back at last Saturday's star studded Pegasus World Cup card. Good afternoon to you, Mike. Did you think at any point that Senor Buscador, who took dead aim at national treasure in the stretch, was going to go by
3: him? Well, I wanted him to. Uh, just that makes two of I, us. I, yeah, <laughs> just because, you know, look, he, he's a horse that's always around, he's always close, and it just, he, he's never seemed to have that massive day. I know he's won some big races, but this would have been, you know, his biggest win of his career. And, he's easy to cheer for. And that's taking nothing away from national treasure. National treasure is a gutsy horse. And I knew that when they turned for home and he was, he was in front that he was going to be really, really tough to catch because he is a bulldog on the front end. But yeah, to answer your question, I really wanted to see him do it. I didn't know if he would. And, uh, apparently obviously he did not.
2: Yeah. No, I picked him and I bet on him. Uh, so there's that of course as well. But, uh, yeah, total respect to National Treasurer, who has really found himself in the last several months. Amazing race. Uh, he ran in the uh, Breeders' Cup behind the Horse of the Year, Cody's Wish, in which he gave him a real fright. In fact, when they crossed the line from the angle at which I was sitting in Arcadia, California that day, it was way too close to call. And after a, uh, a bit of a delay, Cody's Wish got the nod. But uh, he proved how tough he is uh, at Gulfstream Park and. Of course, won one point eight million dollars for his uh, connections. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, horse players. You know, down download- it's, it's
3: interesting too. About not to interrupt you, but it's interesting right. too. Um, talking about National Treasure on my Equine Forum show Saturday morning that that I host every week here on HRN. I was I was talking about the fact that White Abario is the undisputed leader in this division. and He probably still is, but you know, National Treasure has proven that that he is is tough as they come when he gets hooked in a stretch battle and if he can continue to just keep moving forward and moving forward and doing what he's doing he's on a path where this could be a really cool showdown at some point later in the season between he and white abario if they you know if they end up hooking up a meeting but i think he's now thrown himself into the mix as saying okay yeah if if we're gonna say white abario is the best i am the number one challenger at this point
2: yeah, no, he proved his class when he won the Preakness uh, last year. Then he kind of had a little bit of a bumpy road in New York, did National Treasure, ran a subpar race in Archangelo's Belmont, and then was uh, disappointing in the Travers, and then has really come back uh, into his own, both at San Anita and Gulfstream. Ran a good race in the Awesome again, and, and uh, significantly proved that he can stay uh, well, he's, he can go a mile. I think he could probably stay a mile and a quarter in time. He's by quality road out of a Medalli d'Oro mare. So a very, uh, excellent us dirt pedigree for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, very exciting horse. And those two are, are extremely, uh, exciting older horses, which of course, there's been a dearth of in recent years. And it's good to see we've got some good ones, but, uh, anyways, horse players, Download the First Bet app on your iPhone or visit first.com/bet1st.com/bet to sign up and play the races. Sign up with promo code BETHRRNBETHRRN B-E-T, to receive a $10 free bet plus a 100% deposit match, up to $150 on your first deposit within 14 days of setup. Uh, anyways, we, we best get out to uh, Gulfstream Park. We're about three or four minutes, and they're doing their usual thing out there. They're running rather late. Uh, we've got about three or four minutes to post we, we used
3: to say all the time when I was doing this show with uh, my good friend and partner Jude Feld that you know post times at Gulfstream are merely a suggestion, and they always seem to go a little bit past those, those regularly scheduled post times. Glad to see that they're still continuing that tradition.
2: As much or more so than ever, Mike. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like uh, it, it's. Uh, I, you sometimes you feel like uh, you spend a couple of hours throughout the course of a card looking at zero MTP on the screen. Uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways, this is a one-mile turf race uh, for three-year-olds, which have started for a claiming price of twenty-five thousand dollars or less, and which have never won a race other than maiden or claiming, or in for the claiming price of $35,000. Uh 8 entered. There's one scratch. The one-horse Diamond Mesa was scratched. Uh, probably overmatched in this spot anyways. He's already been re-entered. And it's uh, beautiful, yet another beautiful day out at Gulfstream Park. It's uh, fast and firm. Same with the fairgrounds, where we'll be going next. And also a very nice day out in uh, New Mexico there near El, pa- El Paso at Sunland Park. So, no weather excuses today, and just uh, one scratch here in the uh, pretty wide open Gulfstream Park ninth race. Uh, notable that the um, the po- the the morning line favorite Echo Lane is a, as a uh, according to ExpressBet AI 28 uh, percent win projection of winning this race. Uh, where, where did you go?
3: Yeah, I, I landed on Echo Lane. I, I'm going to stick with the AI. I think they're 100% right on this one. And that's you know, that's a big discrepancy, too. He's 28% opportunity to win based on the AI. Uh, the closest rival to him in terms of the, the AI is 19%, which goes to number four, Roan, who I actually don't particularly like in this spot. But I do think Echo Lane is the horse to beat. I really liked his last race when, He added Lasix for the first time and then was able to run away from the field, beating that field by three lengths. Now, that was his maiden win, and in his eight starts, he has that one win. He has two seconds. He has a third. That was his first try over the Gulfstream Park. Grass uh, hasn't had a lot of opportunities on turf, but all of his turf races have been decent, including that winning effort last time out. So, Echo Lane is my pick in here. Uh, Junior Alvarado returns in the saddle. I think that that's a plus, too. And... And Bob, I'm going to take a shot uh with a long shot for a second in here and that's the horse just to his outside number 8 San Piridou, who is 15 to 1 on the morning line. I think that he has an opportunity to make some noise in here and uh run in there for a second and maybe even uh booster, you know, boost those exactas and even those trifectas.
2: Yeah, and then San Piridou makes his turf debut after uh 7 runs on the uh on the ascent down there a subpar run last time and really Might be switching uh, finally to the surface that he's uh, bred for, that he's a three-year-old son of Cantharos out of a Johar mare, so that uh, Johar on the dam side ought to make appeal first time turfing. Interestingly, the uh, five horses taking the most money at this point, currently seven to five on the board is hot and lucky. Claimed last time by Kenneth Ramsey and uh, Safi Joseph off of Riley Mott. Uh, won that race, a maiden claiming 25-by-five-and-a-quarter, and adds Lasix for the first time. So he's uh, he's um, got much appeal to the wagers uh, down there at Gulfstream for the finale on a card in which favorites took the first five races on the card.
3: Yeah, you know, you, you bet against Safi Joseph Jr. at Gulfstream at your own peril, and I'm going to do that here in this spot. I'm going to bet against... Hot and lucky, although I did have him pick for third in here, so it's not going to shock me if he ends up winning this race as the favorite. But I think I'm going to look for value elsewhere and see if we can't get lucky with some of those other picks I just mentioned. But, yeah, especially when you look at Safi Joseph and you look at his numbers first time off the claim, he's winning at a 25% clip, rock-solid uh, his runners coming back from a freshening like this, the way Hot and Lucky is, are winning at a 23% clip. Gets six for the first time. He wins with 26% of his horses doing that. And, uh, you know, as we know, Ken Ramsey, as shrewd as they come when when you start talking about owners that know how to claim the right horses. And Safi's done a masterful job with that, too. So um, Hot and Lucky, I, I think, is a deserved favorite, but I'm going to look for value elsewhere.
2: Goyan cool, and uh, San Perotu, who you mentioned, looks calm, cool, and collected. As he crosses from the main track across the synth onto the turf course, he's been bet from a 15-to-1 morning line down to 8-to-1. And interestingly, uh, Echo Lane, uh, again, the uh, choice of uh, Express Bet AI, keeps bouncing back between 5-to-2 and 3-to-1. He's Mike's top choice, and they're uh, about the first three or four loaded here. Looks like a pretty efficient load for the finale at Gulfstream Park. Uh, again, just glorious weather and, uh, they've got a bunch of a slew of very good races coming up this weekend, as does, uh, Santa Anita. We'll be talking about that later, of course. And then also tomorrow on the weekend stakes preview, there goes the five horse, the, uh, favorite, uh, in the Ramsey colors, hot and lucky again, an efficient load, uh, tap it three times goes in in very straightforward fashion, Echo Lane's coat looks fantastic as he goes in the gate, and we'll go to Pete Iello at Gulfstream Park. Carter to
1: complete the line, there remigate and runners away. From the center, Hot and Lucky wins the break and goes looking for the lead. Taken on by the gray tap three times on the outside. Down at the rail, Roan away in the top flight. He's now third. Getting over to race in fourth is Zeco Lane. He's well-situated, two and a half better than Summer, Storm, Strick. Then San Piridou and Kopesh is last of all as they chase the speed of tap three times. Tap it three times, up and around horses to take the lead. He's now almost two in front. In hand second is Hot and Lucky. Roan is at the rail in third. Followed fourth by a well-settled Echo Lane. He's in the yellow colors. He's about five lengths behind. He's a length and a half in front of Summer, Storm, Strick. Another two back to San Piridou, and out the back is Kopech. 23-4 and four for the opening quarter. They're
2: Hello. Hello. Check one, two. They
1: start to reach. Tap at three times. His advantage is only half a length. Hot and lucky. The first to attack. Second. Echo Lane. Three wide and. Driven into third, Roan patiently handled. He needs a way through. He's now fourth. Then Summer Storm Strick as they reach the top of the stretch. They went to half and forty-seven and three, three quarters, one twelve and one. Hot and Lucky has the lead. Tap it three times. Tries to battle back toward the inside. He's coming right back now. Echo Lane is now third with two lengths to make up. There's an eighth of a mile to go. Tap it three times. He's digging in from between Hot and Lucky outside. Echo Lane. Tap it three times. He would not be denied. Tap it three times. Turned away the favorite hot and lucky. He's in a place photo with Echo Lane. Then back to Summer Storm Stricken Roan in 135 flat.
2: A tenacious effort by the Joe Orsino train. Tap it three times. Got a two or three length lead down the backside under uh, Paco Lopez, Is really riding in outstanding form uh, there this meet. He's about uh, close to 24%. And uh, boy, when. Uh, Hot and Lucky came to him. He found plenty for pressure there. And I I think it was more a a case of tap it three times toughness than Hot and Lucky hanging.
3: Yeah, we were just talking about National Treasure and the courage that he shows and how much of a bulldog he truly is when he gets hooked in the stretch. Well, how about tap it three times, Bob? He didn't didn't give an inch. And and Echo Lane had every chance to go by him. Hot and Lucky certainly had every chance to get by him and just – couldn't do it, and Tapp it three times making his turf debut shows up and, and runs another big race. He's now won three of his four starts, his only defeat. He was second beaten ahead, so he has the look of a horse that can be pretty nice for Joe Orsino. And how about this, Joe Orsino winning at just 3% with his horse's first time on the grass, that percentage is going to creep up just a little bit more here.
2: I would say so, yeah. They must have liked this one to back it down to 3-1, to one. but it was 3-1 to on the morning line like you said in excellent form, and uh, good to see uh, Joe Orsino with, with a good one. Of course, Orsino of unbridled song fame back in the day and uh, has been around for a long time, journeyman trainer, and uh, always puts up pretty good numbers and
3: a, and a good guy to, to boot as well. Love the aggressive ride by Paco, too, jumping right out in front saying, catch me if you can, and uh, rated the horse perfectly to have enough left at the end. And like I say, th- this it, as good as that was, this really comes back to tap it three times in the courage and heart that this horse showed. He's he's another horse. If you hook him in the stretch, he ain't going anywhere.
2: Absolutely. Uh, let's scoot on over to the uh, fairgrounds for race six. We're about uh, three, uh, three minutes to post uh, over at the fairgrounds. Pretty interesting uh, race here, the uh, sixth. Again, fast and firm, beautiful weather in uh, New Orleans today, pushing 60 degrees. Uh, which is lovely as we know this time of year it can be a a pretty serious mixed bag down there but a a beautiful uh, weekend ahead in new orleans and this race is a a six furlong event Uh, it's for four-year-olds and upward which have never won four races or which have not won two races since august uh, first of 2023 it drew a pretty nice field a pretty evenly matched field of nine but the uh, betting public is uh, is betting from a three-to-one morning line down to six-to-five, a gelding called Prisoner, trained by Tom Amos and ridden by
3: Corey Lannery. Yeah, and I like Prisoner in here, but not going to make Prisoner my top pick. I Again, wouldn't shock me if he jumps up and wins this race. He's certainly one of the ones that you have to take a look at. But I'm going to go just to his outside and go with the, the horse that is breaking from post-nine. That is All West. Um, I. think when I, when I went through the entire field, I saw a lot of speed in here, and it wouldn't shock me to see a, a, a pace battle up front. And if that's the case, a horse like All West could be the beneficiary. I think he's going to be sitting back in mid-pack, and when Mitchell Merle gives him his cue, I can see him accelerating. He has excellent late pace numbers, meaning he finishes very well. Chris Hartman does a wonderful job with these claiming horses, and All West is the horse that I think is going to benefit from a fast early plate fast early pace and I like the outside post too because he can sit back and watch that pace develop a little bit and make a decision from there but he doesn't have the early foot that some of these horses do so I would expect him to be coming from off the pace and the horse I think he is going to have to run down at some point is prisoner for Tom Amos taking a dropping class last time ran for 50,000 now in for the $25,000 tag and uh, a horse that much like the other ones I was I was referring to in this race to his inside has some early speed, but that class level of his can can get him um, you know in the mix late, and I can see Prisoner being the horse that needs to be run down in the late stages.
2: Yeah, one interesting entrant in here is Tiger Dad, the uh, four horse trained by Steve Asmussen and ridden by Keith Asmussen, who's uh, as far as we can tell from these PPs is. uh, Moved his tack, uh, at least for this mount, down to the fairgrounds for his first mount of the season uh, in New Orleans. A horse that uh, Team Asmussen claimed November 3rd at Churchill Downs off of Robertino Diodoro for 20000 They move him up a small mount, basically a sort of a la- lateral entry uh, with Tiger Dadden here in this spot. And he's been working nicely at uh, Louisiana Downs. And is uh, taking uh, some money. He's eight to one in the morning line. He was was uh, five to one. Now he's uh, six to one, as they mill around uh, behind the gate at the fairgrounds.
3: I remember getting a chance to interview Keith Asmussen after his first career win, and that came for his dad too. And it was such a special moment for him. And he was such a a cool guy to to talk with and to get to know a little bit here on the radio and I I think our listeners really enjoy getting to know him. He's now won 3 races in this very brief career, but I I don't think this is truly where he plans to see himself in seven eight ten years I think there are other things in the future for for Keith Asmussen but for now he's got his sights sets on trying to to get to the winner's circle here in race number six and a cool kid it's a cool story with the father-son combo in here and Tiger Dad he may be the quickest of the quick in here he if he can get to the front I still don't know if he's classy enough to hold on against this group but you're talking about the sports all-time winningest trainer and Steve Asmussen who does a pretty good job first time off the claim winning at 18%. So um, he's got that in his corner, but I still think he's going to need to run better than when he has been, if he's going to be in the mix at the end.
2: Yeah, no, uh, um, Keith Asmussen, not only of course is the son of Steve Asmussen, but also the nephew of the great uh, cash Asmussen, who was several times the uh, champion rider in France after sort of outgrowing his job in this country. Uh, really uh, obviously regal bloodlines when it comes to uh, being a young horseman and uh, good to see that his career is off to uh, a, d- a decent start like you said I imagine training horses is in his future okay and again another one of these very quick loads at fairgrounds they might have the most efficient gate crew in the country John Dooley with the 6th race at the fairgrounds
4: both here in the sprint for Chris Hartman fast and firm from the fairgrounds starts a pick 5 All in line. Robin sprinting. Nice line out. There's High Cruz who's quick out of there. High Cruz with Topper T in the Orange Silks. Think about it. Along with Lunar Module and toward the inside, Gold Crusher. It's High Cruz. High Cruz pressed by Topper T, both well out into the track. Nearest the inside is Gold Crusher who starts a bid and right there, think about it. Tiger Dad and the Royal Blue and White Halves also in the thick of it too as they enter the far turn. Lunar Modules 4 from the front well grouped at the 3.5. Prisoner on the far outside has the turquoise silks with a black cap inside 3 to go. Then comes the Gray All West and Verb Trails. The quarter in 21.88 seconds. Hot pace on. Coming toward the quarter pole, High Cruise Gold Crusher with the rail. High Cruise a Gold Crusher as they turn for home. Think about it in third. Lunar Module with the rail and also toward the inside is All West. Verb looking to come around on the front side. Prisoner and Tiger Dad. Half mile and 45.72. High cruise. Think about it. On the outside, here's Verb, who is mustering a rally for Yoel Navas as they come inside the final furlong on the front side. All West. It is Verb. And think about it toward the inside for Jaime Torres. Think about it. Has the kick. Think about it. Think about it. At 10 to 1. Verb holds All West for second. Lunar module finished fourth.
2: Outstanding performance, by think about it, from the Keith Bourgeois ban, uh, barn. Claimed last time for 15000 out of a five-furlong turf sprint. Uh, switches surfaces here, stretches out a little bit to six furlongs and wins in a uh, twenty-five grand claimer for uh, jockey Jaime Torres. And uh, really one fair and square, finished very strongly and uh, seemed to really enjoy the surface switch.
3: Yeah, we were right about the hot pace. Uh, you had number 2 Gold Crusher, number 6 High Cruise get out there and battle on the front end. They went 21.88 for the opening quarter, 45.72 for the half, and they were still kind of together as they approached the top of the stretch. Um, I really thought that All West was going to be the one to pick up the pieces, sat back uh, and and ran on well, just not able to get past uh, think about it, who was able to get past those tiring pace setters and continue on. And uh, good effort from him. Good win there. I, I looked at him for a long time, Bob, as I was handicapping the race, because if you throw out his turf race at a $15,000 claiming level last time out, his dirt races were pretty solid, and some of those coming against higher level claimers than these much of uh, much of last year. Uh, I just couldn't quite get there coming off the layoff like this and first time off the claim but a, a good effort, if I think about it, to get the victory in here.
2: I know he was in particularly great form last year at Saratoga, in which uh, on July 14th, for example, he won an open 50 claimer by a half length. So you'd, you'd think if he was able to run back to any anywhere close to that, he would be in the mix. But uh, as John Dooley mentioned, basically ignored by the uh, betting public today and sent off at 10-1. Uh, to 1. And uh, good job by the Keith Bourgeois uh, stable, who are 16% and now a little bit higher first off the claim. Okay, let's uh, take a break and we'll uh, come back and uh, read you some uh, results and we'll move over to a, a pretty valuable race at Sunland Park, a $48,000 race for uh, New Mexico Breds, which goes as the Sunland Sixth. This is the First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
4: I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled. When I see the real battles, our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom. And when they come home.
5: I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed.
6: While parachuting with Michael Toon, my parachute didn't open.
7: I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life.
3: I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait. And the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay folks, this, this, this is
4: heroism. That's why I'm proud to support paralyzed veterans of America because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes, cars, jobs, benefits.
8: PVA has brought me
4: back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how
8: you can make a difference. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing. You're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come. I'd love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice, or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born. And help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning.
5: At China's Hospitals for Children, there are a million reasons to share love. My buddy, Caleb, is one of them. This is his story. Hi, I'm Caleb. I was born with spinal bone disease. I have broken my bones almost 200 times, and I have had 11 surgeries. But I didn't let that stop me. There are a million reasons to share love, but you only need one. To learn how you can share love, visit
9: loveshriners.org. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Nashwan listen live on the equine forum every saturday morning on sirius 162 or xm207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions it's a stroll through racing history with me kurt becker presented by keeneland only here on hrrn
0: you're listening to the first bet racing show On the Horse Racing Radio Network.
9: They move
1: by three quarters in 109 and two, and they're at the top of the stretch. Castellano and Main Event still going. Warm Heart needs a way out. Integration trying to work to the clear. Catnip trying to shut the door on him. There's an eighth of a mile to go. Here's Warm Heart. She got through at the rail. What a ride! And Warm Heart has hit the front. The globe trotting Warm Heart is clear. Outside, I'm very busy charging hard. Late. Warm Heart wins the Pegasus World Cup term. Give that to Ryan Moore. A winning ride at the eighth pole in one forty four and two.
2: All right, we're back on the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Racing fans, did you know Verizon is now offering customers a free iPhone thirteen? or up to $800 to put towards a new 5G phone. This offer is available for all customers, both new and current, with select trade-in and select 5G Unlimited plans. Verizon's best 5G Unlimited plans offer up to $90 per month of value, the most included value in the industry and include incredible savings and the most popular entertainment like Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, Apple Music, and more. So turn in your old 4G device and walk away with a brand new 5G device at your local Verizon store today. What
3: about Warm Wasn't she magnificent in that uh, turf race? Well, she was, and jockey Ryan Moore was textbook. Boy, did he put on a clinic with her. And good for Warm She goes out a winner. This was reported as her final career start. And, you know, she just looked every bit The the as advertised in that race at Gulfstream Park, she's going to retire with six wins from eleven lifetime starts, more than two point one million dollars in earnings, and a a perfect one for one here in the U.S. Pretty cool stuff.
2: Yeah, no, she um she won the Ribbledale, a Group Two at uh, Royal Ascot. Then she went up and won the uh, Yorkshire Oaks last August. Um, Really, stamped herself as a proper Group One mare in that race went down to longchamp and won the group 1 pre pre vermeil and then uh, ran a bang up race behind uh, the mighty and spiral who's also a wind machine who's who's recently been retired in the breeder's cup Philly and mare turf and then uh, went a great great effort and under you know who who many think and perhaps quite accurately is the best uh, rider in the world ryan moore and uh, he proved it on this occasion. A few bubbles burst in there. Um, I know a lot of people were a little bit disappointed in the
3: luckless uh, run by integration. Yeah, uh, really disappointing there. I thought that integration, and I do still think that integration as the horse is going to have a significant impact in this turf division going forward, but uh, not his day. Warm heart, it certainly was her day, and I I want to correct something I said. I think I said she was a perfect one-for-one here in North America. She was, of course, beaten in the Philly and Mare turf, so she is one for two in uh, here in the United States, but a uh, really strong effort there to go out on top in the Pegasus World Cup turf and Invitational. Yes, the daughter of uh, Galileo, of course, will now be
2: retired to stud to uh, join the already excellent Broodmare Band at uh, Coolmore, and uh, pretty cool stuff and uh, very sporting of her connections, Aiden O'Brien to send her to the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita, then over to Hong Kong, and and then back here. Uh, really, really cool horse and a pleasure to watch. And on that occasion, in the uh, Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, she broke the track record. So the uh, track record for a mile and an eighth on the turf at Gulfstream is now 144.45 after they, they went the mile in 132.88 and she came home in just over 11 and a half seconds in that last eight. Now that's a sparkling uh, turn of foot there. Pretty pretty amazing stuff. Yep, she deserves all the accolades that come her way. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get some uh, results in. We had the uh, finale from uh, Gulfstream Park, uh, which was won by Tap It Three Times. Tap It Three Times is a three-year-old colt by Tap out of Sea Holiday Trained by Joe Orsino and ridden today by Paco Lopez.
3: Yeah, it was won by Tappet three times who ended up being disqualified and moved down to second. Number five, Hot and Lucky, elevated to the victory in here. And Hot and Lucky under Edgar Zayas going to return 420, 240, and 210. Tappet three times, 320, and 220. Number seven, Echo Lane, 210, for the show. The $2.00 exacta paid $10 and 20 cents. The 50 cent trifecta returned $4 and five cents. And the 10 cent super, if you had that one paid $3 and 92 cents, the $2.00 exact five ending, uh, here paid $247 and 60 cents. Wow. We scooted over to the uh, fairgrounds pretty quickly,
2: uh, after that Gulfstream race and, and, uh, watching the pan shot, um, you know, and obviously that's quite a bit different from yeah. the uh, head-on. I didn't, I didn't see any, and I, w- I wasn't even uh, s- suspecting any type of uh, inquiry. But
3: obviously the the head-on told the true tale, which I I'm yet to see. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And and it, we have not seen that replay because we did get you right over to the fairgrounds after that race. But uh, yeah, that disqualification coming uh, at Gulfstream in race nine. But those are the official results now and the official prices. Thank you very much. And then
2: we went. We had the uh, six race from from uh, Fairgrounds, and despite the uh, morning line price of uh, five to one, think about it. First off the claim, uh, won the uh, the uh, Fairgrounds six. Think about it as a six-year-old gelded son of Uncaptured, out of the Devil Is Due mare Hostility, owned by Paul Potier and and trained by the aforementioned Keith Bourgeois
3: no disqualification here number three think about it under Jaime Torres returns 22.60 for a two dollar win wager 8.80 to place five dollars to show number one verb 8.20 for the place 4.20 to show number nine all west 3.40 to show and number five lunar module rounded out the superfectas the two dollar exacta three one paid 157 dollars 20 cents 50 cent trifecta $146.20. And the $10 Super, $3195, $168.87. Bob, I I have to tell you before we jump into our, our next live race that, you know, of course I'm sitting in with you today is, As an analyst on this First Bet Racing show, um, Bobby Newman is off the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, and uh, I have to tell you, man, I'm having a blast. It has been a long time since I have filled this analyst role. I've I've spent so many years now hosting all of our programs, which I absolutely love, but when I knew Bobby was going to be out, and I said, well, Bob, why don't you go ahead and take the reins and host this one? And i got to tell you, first of all, you're doing a fantastic job, but it's so much fun to be filling this role again and kind of get my feet wet with some more handicapping. I don't get to do it very often. Well, you're fresh off the layoff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and I'll tell you this, too. I don't like working with guys on radio that have a better radio voice than me and more musical talent than me, which is not difficult to do. No, I'm sure you can play a tambourine just as well
2: as I can. (laughs) Anyways, I appreciate that. And we're going to head over to uh, Sunland Park, which is actually in New Mexico, even though we sort of considered a – el paso racetrack it's um, right on the uh border of chihuahua and mexico and uh the texas new mexican border and it's actually in an, an unincorporated town in new mexico and they're racing out there today and they've got uh, their feature race actually comes as the uh, sixth and it's a pretty big pot it's the uh it's um there's a one scratch in here it's a significant one we'll get to that in a second but this is a six furlong race for registered new mexico new mexico bred phillies and mares three-year-olds and upward which have not won a race since august 1st 2023 or which have never won four races and that significant scratch is first again who uh was the express bet ai projected win horse in here and uh, and Kind of, kind of by a significant margin. So pretty pretty key scratch. And uh, Mama was a Rocket who was uh, running against Stakes Company down at Zia Park, is the uh, new favorite, and uh, trained by Todd Fincher. Uh, Mama, was, Mama was a Rocket is the one horse in here, and Todd Fincher, of course, of senior Buscador fame, uh horse that we were both... Uh, cheering for on Saturday, and who ran a mighty race, and I imagine that he'll be back and uh, competing in all these uh, top-level uh, stakes races for older males. Got himself a very nice check. So, um, but obviously, when you've got a when you lose by a neck, uh, and the uh, first prize is 1.8 million dollars, I'm sure it was a tough one to swallow. But uh, it's nice to make um, you know over half a million for running second.
3: Yeah, it, it's certainly very nice to be able to do that. And Todd Fincher, I think I think the public has it right in here. I think his horse is the horse to beat in this upcoming race at Sunland Park. And you're right, that scratch of number four first again is a big, big scratch in here. First again is a horse that has been knocking heads with most of these and has been really consistent for the majority of her career. Even though she's only won three times, she always seems to be around. But I do think that that actually helps – uh, number one, Mama was a rocket who much like, um, much like the, 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 horse that was scratched. I do think that Mama was a rocket, um, is a horse that has been competing with some of these horses too, and has a, a really good chance of getting to the winner's circle. And here comes out of that third place effort, um, in the, in the race at Zia Park back on November 27th. So this will be her four-year-old debut and Todd Fincher is really, really good at horses coming off of a layoff like this. 23% win rate. He wins with 26% of his allowance horses, and the last time that we saw Mama was a Rocket in allowance company was at Albuquerque last October, and she won by four lengths. I think she is definitely the horse to beat. Yes, and the jockey that was aboard her that day, Felipe Valdez, has
2: uh, picked up the mount from the uh, veteran rider Tracy Abair. I'm not sure what's up with uh, him, but he was named on the horse. He's been replaced by Valdez, who rode uh, this filly October 15th when she won easily, as you mentioned. And uh, this one is owned by um, uh, Kirk and Judy uh, Robeson, of course, very prominent owners who who bred this horse in uh, New Mexico. And, uh... One thing about the racing that we watched last week from Sunland Park is we had three or four races on, and every, horse with, every race, whether it was a route or a sprint, was won by horses that came from pretty far back and, and swung pretty wide. So I don't know if that trend will continue, but if so, it would make uh, Mama, Mama was a rocket who looks like
3: inside speed somewhat vulnerable. Yeah, it would make her vulnerable, and I think if that is the case, I think the horse just to her outside, number two, Moonlight Warrior, could be the horse to pick up the pieces late because she will not be on the lead. She likes to sit back and make that big run late, and she has also been competing against many of these same horses in this division out there. Um, And she, last time out, ends up finishing fifth, uh, beaten four lengths, coming out of the same race as Mama Was a Rocket, Um, she had a little bit of trouble that day where she was bumped at the break and then forced out. So I think we can excuse that effort, and all of her tries before that were all rock solid. So Moonlight Warrior is the horse that I have picked for second in here behind Mama was a rocket, and if indeed that scenario plays out, Bob, where horses coming from off the pace and coming wide into the stretch are going to be winning, Moonlight Warrior is a horse that could be very, very dangerous in the late stages. Yes, right now Mama was a rocket is the 8 to 5 favorite.
2: Moonlight Warrior taking a bit of money being oh, just went from 9 to 2 back out to 5 to 1. And uh always have to be wary around here of the veteran rider Ken Towhill, who's on the 2 to 1 7 horse Tisa Journey, trained by Joel Maher. They're about uh half loaded here at Sunland Park, so let's go out. Uh, to the uh, track announcer, let's see, that's the six horse going in marquee lights. The track announcer, Eric Allwan, at Sunland Park.
5: As we get set for this six furlong test. They're on the line. And they're off. Good swift start for all of them, really. As Quite Lovely tries to get a share of the lead, Mama Was A Rocket moving's ever so sweetly to the rail. Then back there, Charlie's Hurricane marquee lights a close-up fourth. Then a length back to Tis A Journey, while eyeballing the field at the moment as Moonlight Warrior, and the field's only separated by three lengths as they go up the backstretch. And that's Felipe Valdez aboard Mama Was A Rocket, trying to steal away on the lead. But on the far side of all of a marquee lights is going to pester her a bit. In third and closing is tis a journey all out of gas is quite lovely and Charlie's hurricane going the wrong way. Moving up the rail will be Moonlight Warrior. There goes Marquee Lights with the blinkers on today. Might have helped as that one leads a neck from Mama Was a Rocket who still hasn't put in her best. As they straighten away, Mama Was a Rocket tries to respond from Marquee Lights' challenge, and there she goes. Mama Was a Rocket now beginning to get clear about a neck better than a very stubborn Marquee Lights who's not going away without a fight. Mama Was a Rocket is besieged by Marquee Lights... Marquee lights puts that neck in front for the upset win over Mama was a Rocket. Third Charlie's Hurricane and fourth Moonlight Warrior.
2: Marquee Lights, as uh Eric mentioned, first time a blinkers for trainer Arturo Chavez. About a three-eighths of a mile duel there with the uh with the favorite. And I thought for a second there that Mama was a rocket was gonna call on all of her class and uh, get to the wire first, but marquee lights under uh, Jorge Carino finally wore her down and uh, that stakes race January 5th in which uh, she was beaten uh, 17 lengths under, under Carino, it was a $100,000 state bred stakes uh, the drop in class, and the additional blinkers, and uh, better horse today, back to her usual self.
3: Yeah, let me give some props to Eric Alwan out there too, the track announcer very rarely will you hear an announcer, if ever, use the word besieged in the stretch, and that's exactly the term he came up with as Marquee Lights was bearing down on Mama Was a Rocket. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great call and a really good effort from Marquee Lights who pulls off the upset at odds of 7-1. to one. Yeah, very exciting race and uh,
2: a much-needed and welcome winner for the uh, Chavez Barn, and uh, yeah, it will... Uh, Quickly um, switch over here to the uh, fairgrounds. Uh, They're getting pretty close again. Things are moving right along nicely on the show. I like the spacing on the show this week. We're not not running on top of each other, which is refreshing. Uh, Let's go to fairgrounds uh, race seven. Uh, This is going to be a – it's going – let me get that up here, the conditions. It's a uh, a mile and a 16th turf race for maidens, uh, fillies and mares, three-year-olds and upward, and we have a – a field of um, eight, eight. eight, no scratches, again, fast and firm in New Orleans, and your, uh, your first bet, best bet of the day is coming up in here, Mike.
3: Yeah, and when you take a look at all the first bet information, you can get through everything that first bet offers to you. One of the really cool features is something we, meet, we mention quite often here on the program, and that is the first bet AI, the artificial intelligence, where the program will come up with horses that, are given a percentage as to their chances to win a race based on a variety of different factors. And in here, number seven playmate has a significant advantage over the competition. 27% win rate uh, or win projection from the artificial intelligence. So, Uh, That is massive, especially when you consider that the next closest competitor is number three, Sri Lanka, who only has a 15% win rate. So I'm going to go with number seven, Playmate, and stick with the AI as my first bet of the day. The Blinkers come off of uh, Playmate today. Last time out, the Blinkers uh, caused Playmate to be a little keen on the front end, open up too early on in the race, and then was unable to hold on. I expect a more patient trip today under edgar morales and i think that playmate uh is the one to walk away on top in here yeah no, Lindsay schultz who
2: trains uh has had a very uh solid meet she's two for 14 but she's eight for 14 in the money and she takes the blinkers off this uh four-year-old quality road philly uh today it's a move that uh, she's had a fair amount of success uh with uh 33 of the money and 17 and uh in the last sixty days, she's uh, called upon Mr. Edgar Morales to ride for her one time. They got a winner, and uh, they've got a plus thirteen ROI. So uh,
3: perhaps this is the uh, money rider for the uh, Schultz barn. How, uh, how about her percentage, Bob, with horses coming off of this type of layoff—ninety days or longer? She's winning at a twenty-nine percent clip. It's pretty impressive, and this is uh, also she's very strong
2: with first start with trainer. She's twenty-three percent and she picked this one up from uh, veteran Canadian trainer Kevin Attard. Uh, Playmate had run five times in her career, four times at Woodbine, twice on the tap, it up there to start her career, and uh, ran a decent race, an even race over a mile and five sixteenths at at Kentucky Downs, went back up to Canada, and ran a couple of uh, races. Wouldn't have to improve much to win in this spot, and uh, definitely – Get on the board for the first time since her debut. So uh, the first bet of the day for uh, Mike Penna is the Seven Horse Playmate. Right now they're uh, milling around, they're circling around on the main track. I think they're getting fairly close. It says zero minutes to post at Fairgrounds. Looks like a gorgeous day out there, and uh, they're they're uh, just um, thinking about um, crossing over onto the turf course. For the uh, 7th race, again, a mile and a 16th turf race, a
3: main race for uh, Phillies and Mares. Isn't it great to see fast and firm conditions, too, exactly what we have at the fairgrounds here today? And and just getting started, by the way, race 6 was the first race we brought your way from the fairgrounds. Here's race 7. We'll take you all the way through race 9 and, of course, through race 9 at Sunland Park. Let's talk about the horse that I mentioned, Bob, that was... Second in the artificial intelligence numbers, but well behind Playmate. That is number three, Sri Lanka, who always seems to show up and run her race. This is a four year old filly, a daughter of Munnings. She always comes running late, and if she's not coming from off the pace, she's certainly in a stalking position. She just hasn't been able to finish the deal yet. This is her eighth lifetime start. She's finished second in five of her first seven. So she's got that second-itis syndrome. We'll see if she can break through today. But I, I think that's you know the main reason that you look at those artificial intelligence numbers and you see Playmate at 27%, maybe a bit more upside there with her as opposed to Sri Lanka. Yes, and the uh, betters have slammed Sri Lanka, who's gotten beat four and a quarter and five
2: lengths in, uh, into second. So well beaten seconds her last two, she's been hammered down to even money for Jockey Farant and Brendan Walsh. So good value on Playmate. She's uh, four to one in the morning line. Looks like she'll go off four to one. Let's go out to uh, John Dooley for the call of this maiden turf race, race seven at the Fairgrounds.
4: One more, Jose Guerrero with default. Out mile and a sixteenth. They're in the gate. They're off. Sri Lanka broke smooth. Bag Lady in the brown cap, and there's Classic Claire, who now leads out for Mitchell Murrell, and following is Default as they make their way toward the first turn. Bag Lady, Sri Lanka's running in fourth. Playmate in fifth. Isle of Flame has settled sixth. And the and Noble Bernadette has dropped back to last as they turn. It's Classic Claire. Classic Claire, the leader, from a close-up default in the orange cap. Toward the inside, as bag lady threw into third. As they go to the back, six furlongs from home, and Sri Lanka is in fourth. Then to the inside is Violet Flame in fifth. On the outside, Playmate in sixth. And then comes Liffy and Noble Bernadette making this backstretch run. 23.59 lead seconds. It's Classic Claire, 22-1. to one. Classic Claire generates the pace in front of Default, who stays right there for Jose Guerrero in the meantime. The favorite on the outside, Sri Lanka, is forward for Florent Giroux. Bag ladies, a ground-saving fourth, Playmate in fifth. Then comes Liffy toward the inside. Violet Flame is in between Phillies and what held up in last, Double Bernadette. It's still Classic Claire. Leads them through a half mile in 50.05 seconds as they traverse the far side of the fairgrounds course. Classic Claire looking to make every yard here for Mitchell Classic Claire out in front. Default has been right there in Sri Lanka. Coming three wide now with a bid as these maiden Phillies turn for home. And on the far outside is Playmate. Right there toward the inside Bag Lady. They're homeward bound after three quarters for Classic Claire. One minute 15.70 seconds with Mitchell Murrow. It's still Classic Clare clear by three. Sri Lanka's charging hard. Bag Lady's right there looking to move up between horses. And here they come after Classic Clare past the 16th. It's Classic Clare. Bag Lady makes that split for Brian Hernandez, Jr. It's Bag Lady at 18 to 1. Bag Lady upsets Sri Lanka. Classic Clare was tracked down by Bag Lady and Sri Lanka. And then Liffy.
2: Bag Lady, the first winner of the meet uh, from for the Catman, Wayne Catalato. I'm sure had been uh, no fun to be around lately. He was 0 for 30 at the fairgrounds with one second. And uh, this uh, Greg, Greg uh, Bessinger-owned uh, Bag Lady, a four-year-old daughter of uh, Street Sense, wonderful ride by uh, Brian Hernandez. And uh, she'd never really been uh, – she'd never been closer than six. She showed some signs of life last time when she got beat six and a quarter under Gerard son Gerard Son switched to Brian Hernandez Jr. today, and the daughter of Street Sense gets the job done.
3: Wayne Catalano is always fun to be around. I can promise you that. First of all, the guy can dance like there's no other, and he can also cook like there's no other. So Wayne Catalano, whether he's winning or losing, is always having a blast and loving life, and I know he's loving this performance by Bag Lady. And what a way for him to get off the duck here and, and get his first victory of the meet with a horse that's a big long shot like this. And I did not like Bag Lady at all. I didn't think that she had much form to justify a winning effort here today. She had yet to hit the board in four career starts, but today she was on her A game and she's going to get the victory here.
2: Yeah, it looked um, looked like a wide open race on, on paper and uh, Sri Lanka continues to uh, frustrate. Uh, seems like the kind of horse she went off 4-5. to five. She might have a little bit of a difficult problem with hanging late in her race. Really no excuses for her. She was kind of put in in a pretty forward position by her standards by Florent Giroux uh, early, but she just didn't pick up enough. And, uh, again, Brian Hernandez got a fine tune out of Bag Lady there in the last 16th to snare the win at 18-1. to one. So hopefully uh, the Catalano Barn... Uh, put some dollars on as well yeah um, anyway
3: six, six for uh th- think about that sri lanka eight starts now six seconds in those eight starts yet to win yet to finish third she's second or she's or she's nothing and usually she's second and that's got to be extremely frustrating for that camp and trainer brendan walsh and jockey florent Giroux who are who have won so many big races and now trying to figure this one out and get this philly to the winner circle but she continues to pick up checks each and every time she's consistent. Absolutely. Anyways, let's uh take a break here on the uh first bet uh
2: racing show and we come back. We're gonna play a recorded interview with uh Pat Cummings from the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation and uh sit out the uh Sunland seventh. Uh, quite frankly, it's a five and a half furlong race for uh conditioned five thousand non winners of two lifetime New Mexico Breads. Um, I don't think either of our areas of expertise in any way, shape, or form. So we'll sit this one out and listen to an interview with uh, Mr. Cummings, and uh, we'll be back for the uh, Fairgrounds 8th race.
7: Joe Buck and John Smoltz welcoming you back to the City Center Convenience Mart. Well, John, the stage is set for the final transaction. That's right, Joe. Heather's moment has arrived, and you just hope all that training pays off. Heather lays down her purchase, but Randy rings it up as slowly as he can. He is a wily veteran. It gives Heather's eyes the chance to wander. Uh Uh-oh. Yep, she's looking at the cigarettes. There's nothing good back there. Quit now, and in five years, your odds of getting certain cancers drop 50%. Meanwhile, Randy's stone-faced. He's giving nothing away. He just stands there, wetting his cashier's finger on that sponge. Heather toes the rubber. Here we go. Heather's arm is in motion. But instead of pointing at the back wall, she just grabs the gum off the counter. That's a slick move. Heather back, back, back. She is out of there. Even Randy tips his cap to Heather. Stand up to cancer and rally. wants you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org.
10: Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Ironman. Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing.
8: Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you you are going to die.
10: Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor.
8: You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead.
10: More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity, because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
9: I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty to protect, to serve, to help. When you call 911, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night.
10: Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today.
3: Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m.
0: Eastern. Sirius 162, XM207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
1: They stack and pack with a quarter of a mile left to go. Didia makes her bit for the lead. Inside accomplished girl, loses sister Luanne. Nell is next, down the center in Star Fortress. There's an eighth of a mile to go. Didia roused on the top end and trying to kick away. At the rail, it's surprisingly, who fires through and charges hard. Didia's almost there. Surprisingly, he's out of time. Didia wins the Pegasus World Cup. Billy and Mayor Turf. A half a length in the end from surprisingly second. It's close for third, a variety of chances, including fluffy socks in 140 and four.
2: Didia, marvelous stuff from uh, Didia, the uh, the, uh, six-year-old daughter of uh, Orpin. The uh, lure stallion of Orpin bred in Argentina out of the Rainbow Corner. Mayor Del- Delambre uh, ran a poor race in the uh, Breeders' Cup filly mayor Maritur. But let's face it, she only got beat uh, four lengths by the uh, likes of Inspiral, Warm Heart, Moira in Italian. Uh, you just have to put a line through that one. And the uh, public did. They bet her down from her 6-1 to one morning line. Uh, she paid
3: eight sixty. Very, very talented mayor. Good to see her back to her best. Yeah, very good to see her back to the best, to her best. And the Argentinian bred is trained by Nacho Correas, one of the real good guys in the sport of thoroughbred racing, and one heck of a trainer too. It was great to see her get back to the winner's circle in such a a big race like that too. Pretty cool. Um, anyways, let's go, let's go uh, through some
2: results. The uh, sixth race at Sunland Park, a bit of an upset winner there, Marquee Lights a six-year-old mare by uh, the very successful New Mexico stallion, marking a son of Bernardini out of a ghostly moves mare called Ask Me to Dance, owned by Haver Yanez, trained by
3: Arturo Chavez, and ridden today by Jorge Carreño. Yeah, and those prices official. Number six, Marquee Lights returns $16 for the win, seven eighty to place, three eighty to show. Number one, Mama was a rocket. Four sixty for the place, three twenty to show, and number five, Charlie's Hurricane, three eighty to show. It was number two, Moonlight Warrior, who checked in fourth. The two-dollar exacta six and one paid eighty-eight dollars and eighty cents. The two-dollar trifecta two hundred eighty-eight dollars and sixty cents, and the ten-cent super of six one five and two forty-six dollars and eight cents,
2: and the fairground seventh bag lady. Mile the 16th on the turf. She's a maiden no more bag lady, a four year old filly by Street Sense out of the Royal Academy, Mayor Bagdaria. Owned by Greg Bessinger, trained by Wayne Catalano, who's now off the Schneid.
3: We're all happy to see that. And ridden today by Brian Hernandez. Bag lady pays thirty nine sixty for the two dollar win bet in that upset victory. Thirteen twenty to place seven sixty to show. Number three Sri Lanka settles for second yet again. Three twenty to place two forty to show. Number five Classic Clare pays seven forty for the show. Number six Liffy was fourth. The two dollar Exacta ninety eight dollars forty cents. The fifty cent Trifecta two hundred eighty five dollars and eighty five cents. The ten cent Super pays two hundred and if you had the 50-cent pick three ending with number two Bag Lady, you're rewarded with a payoff of $356. And if you had the 50-cent pick four ending with Bag Lady, how about this? You collect $1,596.70 for that 50-cent wager.
2: That's no small potatoes, that's for sure. It's been a (laughs) long time since I've hit a lick like that.
3: Well, it, ha- it helps <laughs> if you get a horse like Bag Lady who pays thirty nine sixty.
2: Right, absolutely. Anyways, our producer, Lee Delapina, De is going to play us a recorded interview with uh, Pat Cummings from the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation about uh, a discussion about um, wagering, and uh, in this case, computer-assisted wagering. It's a subject uh, that I could uh, educate myself more on, so I'm really looking forward to listening to Pat and his insights.
6: Pat Cummings from the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation. Pat, thank you so much for taking the time.
9: Thanks a lot, Bobby. Great to be back with you.
6: Pat, a, a very interesting uh, column that came out, written by you, Uh not only on the TIF website, RacingThinkTank.com. I actually saw it via our friends over at Pollock Report. It came out uh, just a few days ago on June the 19th, and it's entitled Sharks and Minnows Managing the Growing Imbalance in Racing's Wagering Markets. Now, I will say this. It's not the
9: catchiest of titles. One to five hundred million dollars a year. All told, Bobby, we think there's probably over $4 billion, more than a third of total betting on U.S. racing is coming from these customers that are essentially creating their own algorithms, programs that are taking in vast amounts of betting data, of form information from the PPs and other sources to come up with how to efficiently bet on U.S. racing. And On its face it's not a bad thing i think going forward in the future we're only going to see more and more people doing it but as it stands right now the greater american racing industry is pretty lacking in terms of guardrails for, for managing the play from these really biggest players
6: okay and how this somewhat affects those of us who uh, in this column would be considered minnows all of us who are are not the C A W players, the people betting uh, one million to one, you know, to half a billion dollars a year in racing, which is the vast majority of the racing yeah. better population, um, but not the vast majority of the handle. So we notice this most easily in late odds changes, especially when it comes to wind pools, where you know the horse was nine to two. When they started the loading process and the horse wins by five and somehow was eight to five in the wagering, something like that. So what is Delmar doing to try to help those of us who are affected by these odds changes?
9: So I think it's worth saying first, Bobby, if I may, that the data we use in the story comes from the CHRB and we we took Delmar as the example to use. This is not in any way an indictment directly of Del Mar, uh, of California. The data is available, and it's notable that as a very large, independent track, popular betting signal, Del Mar was particularly useful in telling this story because the parent company of the main provider for these um, high-volume bettors is owned by the same parent as, as operates Santa Anita and Golden Gate. So... We thought it was easiest and fairest to use Del Mar as kind of the picture. And I think it really must be said that that we would estimate that what we see from Del Mar is very likely replicated at every track in North America to some extent, and possibly even more so in terms of how much money is being played. Now, what we did find is that last year in the wind pool at Del Mar, 14% of total handle came from the biggest of the CAW players that we could identify from the CHRB data. And that's the smallest overall participation by pool. And we asked Elmar, engaging with their leadership, uh, Josh Rubenstein has done a great job out there uh, over the years and managing a a beautiful facility. Um, They have decided to take a step where they're going to change the rebate structure that those players receive um, to try and incentivize them to bet prior to two minutes to post, right? Get them to bet earlier in the win pool, not affecting any of the other pools, uh, and that might be something I think that should be considered. There are others that are doing some things in that regard, and I can mention that later, but um, it, it's a it's a small step. Uh, I don't think it's going to have a tremendous impact overall, but it will be a little more noticeable in the win pool to try and control uh, the negative impact of late odds changes at least observationally
6: okay so just to update everyone people who are playing this kind of money it's not even just people playing that kind of money there are several other people uh, uh you know several thousand other people who play enough that they get rebates from their adws whether they're using you know express or twin spires or TVG or NairaBets bets or whoever they're using if you bet a, if you bet a certain amount of money. There are perks where you get rebates depending on where you live and what track you're betting and what pools you're betting in. And obviously, the more you're playing, the bigger rebates you get. So these C A W players, they're reaping tremendous rewards from the rebates. It's not simply them, you know, going to the machines at the track and punching in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're doing this. It's all computer assisted, and they're getting gigantic rebates. So what you're saying is. Elmar is looking to curb the rebates the closer that they get to post time for placing these
9: wagers? That's right. So uh, inside of two minutes to post, if one of these accounts were to make a win bet, their rebate would be reduced. Now, the exact number we don't know. We have some sources that suggest it may be uh, the rebate might be cut in half. So if the rebate was six percent, Maybe they would only get 3% if they place that win bet right at post time. Now that's a significant increase essentially in the, in the cost, if you will, of the bet to the CAW. And so it's, it's designed to be a financial incentive to be early. There's a cost to being early too, right? And, And the cost is that others can see your action and react to it. So, um, Look, I I don't think it's it's an earth-shattering move. Uh, It's just my kind of independent take on it based on our analysis over years of looking at these things. Um, The New York Racing Association, conversely, which, mind you, Bobby, is a partial owner in Elite Turf Club for which many of the big CAWs play through. Uh, They took the step two years ago to eliminate CAW play in the wind pool inside of two minutes to post. So if you're watching the pools at Naira, there's very limited movement in the final two minutes prior to the start of a race. And that really hasn't been replicated at other tracks. Um, so I think it's notable that one of the owners of the biggest betting service provider for the real high-frequency bettors, has taken this step. And in fact, they've also eliminated CAWs from the late pick five pool. Uh, we recommended in, in sharks and minnows, five steps that we think could improve the status quo. And this was one of them until more th- can be done. Follow what Naira is doing. Take that step. Now, leave the wind pool. And if you want the place in the show pool too, leave that for the mass market, leave it for us, Bobby, and allow them co- to continue to play in all the other pools It's just one interim step until I think the greater business can recognize how we manage this.
6: Speaking with Pat Cummings from the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation about uh, what is exactly going on with the CAW players and uh, what steps are being taken at Del Mar. Uh, Pat, so I have a couple questions of this. and. Keep in mind that I generally have a glass half-empty look on things, which is a bad habit for me, but it is what it is, Uh, and I don't think it's going to change this late in life. Uh, And one of the theories I have is that no track is going to willingly uh, do something or spend money on something that will cost them handle, and I I think that has to do with surfaces of racetracks and other things. So – I'm using that theory to say, why wouldn't all of these tracks, and Naira included, say, well, we're just going to cut off CAWs from every pool at two minutes to post.
9: I think that would be a, a monumental drop in overall handle if that happened, particularly for things like the Exacta and the Trifecta pools. Uh, interestingly enough, in things like the Superfecta, uh, no one can see anything, essentially in terms of how how bets are placed. Right, you don't have a, a probable grid for those or pick fours or pick fives, pick threes. We don't we don't see that. Um, so I, I, I think that you know, we need to just see positive momentum towards managing the business of the betting of uh, the, the, the the business approach to the wagering business. Uh, the 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 Uh, These sorts of numbers, I think, uh, there can be steps taken along the way to just manage the effect that different customers have. You know, I I compare it to the investment markets, Bobby. Um, It's estimated somewhere between maybe 50 and 70% of all of the volume of the stock market is from high-frequency stock traders. But ordinary people can still get into their 401Ks and their IRAs, their retirement plans – and they can buy funds. They can buy exchange-traded funds. They can still participate in the, the, the general open investment markets. And over the last 20 years, as these high-frequency traders have increased their overall volume, trading costs for everyone have come down. We have not seen that in horse racing, right? Cost of betting is still very expensive. Some of the highest takeouts in regulated wagering that exist. Um, We think an overall improvement in the product could be yielded by reducing takeout for all. And that's not an easy lift in every state, particularly California, where where takeout rates are are set by by statute. Uh, It's not easy to change laws. So we'd love to see a greater focus on that. Start small, build up, like with the penny breakage uh, item that we've talked about before that would be a great you know a great step towards giving money back to horse players let them churn it back through the windows um, we should probably also eliminate bets that just have really high takeouts just straight up get rid of them the jackpot picks 6 bets oh, we said it for Delmar. I, I hate them
6: i hate them yeah i hate them we, you, you just you know, admit there's nothing there's nothing like putting money in knowing that you have no chance of getting all of it out
9: Right, and the daily effective takeout on on most of these jackpot bets is over 40%. At Gulfstream, it's 44%. At Del Mar, it's 46%. At some of these smaller tracks, I've seen it over 70%, right? It's unconscionable. And yet that is the pool that has seen actually the highest growth at Del Mar from both mainstream customers and the CAWs, who are essentially chasing the mainstream money that's there on mandatory payout day, we believe.
2: Okay, we're back uh, for the fairgrounds eighth race, an, an exciting race down at the fairgrounds. Thank you to uh, Pat Cummings and the dulcet tones of Bobby Newman, who will be back in uh, mid February. Much needed uh, vacation for uh, Bobby, I imagine that uh, golf and and uh, buffets are involved. And uh, let's go to Fairgrounds Race 8. Mike, uh, this is a very interesting race. It's a six furlong maiden event for three-year-old fillies and a lot of lightly raced, in fact, several debutantes and uh, well-bred sorts in here to compete at the
3: Fairgrounds. Yeah, and let me just say, too, if folks want to hear the remainder of that conversation with Pat Cummings, they can head over to our website, horseracingradio.net, type Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S, into the search bar and it'll pull up the entire interview. There was much more conversation following the point where we had to stop it to get the fairgrounds, so make sure you do that. Pat, of course, now working with MicroPoly and the National Thoroughbred Alliance as well, so more good things to come from them. Um, fairgrounds, yeah, you take a look at this one, Bob. To me, it's all about number seven, Tipsy Tammy, who is going to be my, my top pick. Not only do I, I love the name, uh, but six furlongs <laughs> on the main track, I think, is is really good for her. She's 8-5 to five on the morning line. Looking right now at the video feed, she's currently, uh, as my video feed cuts four out to five. on me here. 4-5. 4-5, okay, so getting yeah. all the play in here. So it's not a sexy pick. It's not a pick that's going to make people a lot of money, but I do think she is the horse to beat. She was bet down to the heavy favorites role last time out in her debut. She ran huge, got caught up and some fast fractions early, still held on for second. Uh, she, to me, looks like the horse to beat. For me, number two bubbling up is going to be my second choice, 6-1 uh, to one on the morning line and getting more play than that now currently on the board at odds of 5-1, to one, so down just a little bit from there. Uh, bubbling up, being replaced by jockey Corey Lannery. Uh, or James Graham, who was aboard Bubbling Up, now being replaced by jockey Corey Lannery in this spot today. She also has some early speed. Haven't seen her since last August at Colonial, but Mike Stidham very good with these types of runners. She was highly regarded that day, and I can see Bubbling Up being the horse to to challenge the favorite in this spot here today. Yes,
2: you're listening to the uh, First Bet Racing Show on Horse Racing Radio Network. This is uh, Bob Stanovich with uh, Mike Penna. And uh, they're approaching the gate for the uh, eighth race at Fairgrounds. Uh, Like I said, there's some very well-bred, potentially very talented fillies in here. We've got uh, the one horse laughing out loud. Is a debutante by practical joke. Uh, Bubbling up, ran a great race. First time out, very nice Fino Rosso filly. Dallas Stewart has a first time starting justify filly. The three justify perfection. Uh, there's the obligatory into mischief. Uh, Philly, this one cost $1.2 million, trained by Steve Asmussen, and uh, he and his uh, son tried to uh, uh, make amends for their uh, defeat in the previous race. That That's the five-horse Mugan And uh, and uh, Brad Cox as a uh, first-time starter by Munnings, the six-horse upon a star, with his go-to rider, Florence Roux, Mike Selection, Tipsy Tammy, the seven, also the choice. Of ExpressBet AI with a 21% chance to win, according to their uh, according to their analytics. Uh, they're going in the gate rather quickly as they usually do at fairgrounds. Again, outstanding job by the gate crew there. Tipsy Tammy is coming forward, and here's John Dooley with a call of fairgrounds race eight.
4: They're in the gate, ready. And they're off. Golden Degree broke sharp. There's Mugin, who blasts away for Keith Asmussen, but quickly taken on by bubbling up in the white cap. And on the outside for Mitchell Murrell, Tipsy Tammy in the Rigney Red is also close. It's bubbling up. For Corey Lannery, bubbling up, just leads, oppressing Mugin. And on the outside, Tipsy Tammy across the track, these three going past the half mile. A pot of star in the gold cap gets position off these tri-leaders running in fourth as the end of the far turn. After breaking sharp, Golden Degree in the wild cap blue is running in fifth. The newcomer laughing out loud is sixth. A big break back there to the first-time starter. Justify Perfection who's been beaten for pace and trails the maiden three-year-old Philly Sprint the quarter in 22.07 seconds. It's Tipsy Tammy for Mitt Tipsy Tammy to take on Mugen as they turn for home at the quarter pole. Shortly, Tipsy Tammy Mugen toward the inside and here's upon a star who's charging hard. Golden to green. Then toward the inside is bubbling up in fifth through the final furlong and a half. It's Tipsy Tammy. Tipsy Tammy's in front. Leads here by three to upon a star who's charging hard on the outside then golden degree with bubbling up and Mukin is dropped back with Mitchell Murrell tipsy Tammy the daughter of our gate putting her best foot forward at second asking and holds upon a star bubbling up third and golden degree finish fourth tipsy Tammy in
2: 110.50 very professional effort here by tipsy Tammy uh, one under uh, confident handling from uh, Mitchell Merle today pressed the pace, uh, kicked a couple of lengths clear, and then uh, really needed to respond because the first-time starter, the Munnings Philly, upon a star, kind of a big, strong, uh, strapping Philly, uh, three-year-old chestnut Philly, um, ran a very nice race. I don't think she'll be a maiden for long.
3: Tipsy Tammy wins the way you like to see a three-to-five shot win, draws off at the end, and really, Bob, That adage, pace makes the race, played into this race here today. Tipsy Tammy was on the outside of a three-horse battle for the lead. And you think, oh, my goodness, here's a a hot pace battle is going to cook all three horses. But if you look at her debut when she got caught up in a pace battle on the front end and faded to second, the fractions that day for the opening quarter were 21 and four-fifths seconds. Today, a much more reasonable pace. They go 22.07 uh, for the opening quarter, and that was the key. Plus, Tipsy Tammy was on the outside of this battle here today. That helped a lot. She was able to relax, and once they came to the top of the stretch, Mitchell Merle still had a ton of horse. He hadn't even asked her to run yet, and when he said go, she responded, and uh, this wasn't even close.
2: Yeah, no, Tipsy Tammy, as you mentioned, ran very well in her debut, a debut in, in uh, which she was beaten by a pretty exciting prospect, from the Bradcox Barn, a a filly who's uh, one for one and uh, looking for her next spot perhaps in stakes competition. That's the Quality Road filly, Impel, uh, an exciting uh, filly for uh, Judmont. And uh, obviously her form has been franked by the outstanding performance today of uh, Tipsy Tammy. Okay, we're going to take a break.
3: You get the sense, too, that Tipsy Tammy is still learning, right? Because she – as professional and as good as she looked here today, there was just something about the performance that said there's plenty more to come and a lot more upside for this filly, too. So look for bigger things down the road.
2: Now She's definitely quick and uh, pretty exciting. The, the top pair, I think, uh, look like very nice fillies for sure. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the First Bet uh, Racing Show, and we'll be back uh, with more, including the results of Fairgrounds Race 8
11: all over america people are taking the national radon test have you excuse me have you heard of radon is that a gas is it something that comes up out the ground or something
10: it's like poison gas something dangerous that you're supposed to check on to make sure it's not in your home
11: now it's your turn answer true or false radon is a radioactive gas true radon is a radioactive gas true or false the office of the surgeon general recommends that all homes be tested for radon True, your home should be tested. I didn't know that, no. True or false, radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. True.
5: True, I didn't know that.
11: Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. Answer true or false. Homes with radon problems can be fixed. True, homes with radon problems can be fixed.
10: So what do you do about it? I'm gonna dial the number and call.
5: 1-800-SOS-RADON. If I don't take
3: care of it, nobody else will.
11: Keep your family safe from radon. Call now.
5: 1 800 SOS Radon.
11: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, Go! or you, your best man, your worst man Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
10: We have the world at our fingertips. Inspiration in our touch and power in our hands. Right here, in our hands, we have the power to save a life. If you see a teen or adult suddenly collapse, call 911 and push hard and fast in the center of the chest. The power is in your hands. Anthem Foundation is the proud national supporter of the American Heart Association's hands-only CPR campaign.
0: Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on HRRN. Mike Pena brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
1: They pass the quarter pole and turn for home. Newgrange, Newgate comes after him now. These two are going to square off at the eighth pole. A good effort from two rivers over, who's fighting down at the rail and then Mixto Past the eighth pole, Newgrange still in front. A length and a half, Newgate giving it his all, but Newgrange has plenty left in the tank, and it's back-to-back in the San Pasqual for Newgrange under Victor Espinoza. Newgate solid in defeat mixto was finishing nicely he battled with two rivers over and then mr fisk completes the super high five
2: yes the phil damato train new is Gr- new grange a son of violence there again showing his affinity for the main track at uh, santa Anita, where he's now won two Grade two stakes in a row and stamped himself one of the best older horses in uh california a uh, another win over his what's developing into his arch-rival, uh, Newgate. And uh, I guess the disappointment in the race was Mr. Fisk, who had been closing ground uh, on a regular basis and really ran no sort of race finish fifth in here under Juan Hernandez. But another good win for the veteran rider, Victor Espinosa, and the hot Phil D'Amato team.
3: Yeah, and as you heard Frank Miramati say, back-to-back wins in that race for Newgrange, who is now 7 for 13, another honest runner in this older horse division this year, he's earned over a million dollars now with that victory. Um, and I, you look at him, you look at National Treasure, um, and, and you say, okay, these are two horses that, if they continue to move forward the way that they are expected to in their their uh, 2024 campaign, then maybe, maybe they can be the ones took him after White Abario for the lead in this division. But I I think between the two, for me, I really like National Treasure just a bit better than Newgrange at this point. Um, I like his tenacity. I like his courage. Um, All of those things that's made National Treasure uh, so tough in most of his races, and I think that he has a bit more upside than Newgrange. I kind of feel like we know what Newgrange is at this point, and I think that we really haven't gotten to the bottom of National Treasure yet. Yeah, no, he's three for 11 lifetime.
2: He's just a different horse in the last uh, six months, and that uh, second place finish behind Cody's Wish in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile was was, uh, really sort of a stunning performance and uh, one of the more memorable races of a very memorable Breeders' Cup. It'll be interesting if any of these uh, older American horses head to the Middle East. I have not heard any intentions uh, of of connections um, along those lines, including – national treasure obviously the Baffert Barnes had quite a lot of success in Dubai over the years and it'll be interesting to see if they turn up there and in,
3: in late March um, I think Senor Buscador um, is considering it I haven't heard a final verdict on that but he was invited after that second place effort in the Pegasus World Cup and last I heard his connections were weighing that option but they were leaning in that direction I think they want to see how he comes out of the race I I haven't heard or seen anything formally announced yet, but Senor Buscador could be heading to the Middle East. Interesting. be interesting how his uh,
2: deep-closing style takes to Maidan racetrack if he were to go to Dubai, because it seems like uh, that, that track tends to favor uh, speed or horses with tactical speed. So uh, I'd hate to see him uh, get taken out of his game plan, but uh, obviously at this point the veteran's career, um, purses like that are... Uh, are are enticing uh anyways now it's time for the blood horse news update i had a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com there's one there's one website okay this is an interesting one the house of representatives passed hr 7024 the tax relief for american families and workers act of 2024 with huge bipartisan support This comprehensive tax package includes the extension of 100% bonus depreciation until the end of 2025. Since its inception in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, 100% bonus depreciation has played a pivotal role helping more people enjoy the sport of thoroughbred racing by fostering economic growth from within. The provision allows businesses that own horses to depreciate 100% of their purchase price in the first year when the horse starts participating in the sport. This bill will also retroactively elevate any purchases made in 2023 to the 100% bonus depreciation level, which were previously at 80%. The legislation now moves to the Senate for consideration with the hopes that it is quickly passed and signed into law. The thoroughbred industry has seen increased investment over the past several years in large part due to provisions such as this. For these reasons, tax policy has remained a central focus of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association's lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C. While there is still work to be done in the Senate, the NTRA appreciates the efforts of House leadership and notably Chairman Jason Smith for their instrumental role in advancing this legislation to its current stage. The NTRA will continue to provide updates as this bill moves through the legislative process. And that is the uh, Blood Horse News update. That wraps up today's edition of it. There's only one website that's the industry's go-to site for racing, breeding, sales, and news. It's bloodhorse.com. From breaking news to sire results and replay videos, leading earner lists, and so much more. You'll find it all at BloodHorse.com, the largest equine news site focused on owners and breeders. So there's some, uh, some good news from Washington, D.C. for the uh, thoroughbred, thoroughbred industry, Mike.
3: Yeah, good news there. It's, it's a very positive thing. And, you know, when people now say that the NTRA isn't doing anything, um, because of the role that they 've taken primarily in handicapping contests, for example, and the legislative issues facing the game uh, trust me there there are a lot of people working with the national thoroughbred race racing association that are doing good things behind the scenes, especially in Washington. Certainly, the handicapping contests are in the n h c and all of those types of things. They get a lot of the headlines but what they do with their work in Washington. This is just one example of it. Um, really good stuff, and and congrats to everybody involved with moving this forward. Absolutely, and
2: uh, we're going to go to um, the uh, fairgrounds. Catch catch up on a result there. The eighth race was won again by Tipsy Tammy, the odds-on favorite. Tipsy Tammy is a three-year-old filly by Arrowgate out of the Lemon Drop Kid mare Peggy May owned by Rigney Racing, the uh, primary owners, for the uh, Phil Bauer stable. Good win for Phil and, uh, and a nice maiden victory.
3: Yeah, Phil Bauer, one of the people that was involved with that plane crash. He, he and his wife were on that plane in Australia a couple of weeks ago, and luckily every single person there survived. I was texting with him. He, he told me how uh, just harrowing that experience was, and it's good to see Phil Bauer in a much more pleasant situation here with tipsy tammy getting to the winner circle 320 240 and 210 the return prices for number seven tipsy tammy number six upon a star 380 to place 280 to show number two bubbling up 320 for the show number four golden degree was fourth the two dollar it paid twelve dollars twenty cents the 50 cent trifecta ten dollars Twenty-five cents and the ten-cent super, sixteen dollars sixty-nine cents. Your fifty-cent pick three ending with number seven. Tipsy Tammy, two hundred ninety-eight dollars and eighty-five cents. Right on the
2: uh, folks at First Bet offer valid each day. The coast-to-coast pick five is offered from Saturday, January sixth. So it's been underway for a few weeks now all the way through to Sunday, April 7th of 2024. Get 10 times First Bet Rewards points for every wager that you make on the above promotional dates. Bonus points will be deposited into players' accounts by 11.59 p.m., up to 72 hours after each promotional day. Registration for this promotion is free, and like I said, begins uh, January 6th, so it's open now. Uh, It's been a pretty successful wager uh, for them. And, uh, you know, some pretty interesting things about the Coast to Coast Pick 5. Basically, it's five races from Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita. Um, It it, it happens on every Saturday and Sunday. It's a $1 minimum wager with a player-friendly 15% takeout, 100% carryover to the next day's Pick 5. If no ticket has five winners, there's no consolation payouts at all. And the sequence for this Saturday, uh, in fact, Gulfstream and Santa Anita, I think uh, both have three or four, no, I think four grade threes at Gulfstream, three grade threes and the grade two Santa Monica are happening at uh, Santa Anita. So very busy weekend for those two tracks. But the sequence for the coast-to-coast pick five will be Gulfstream 10, Santa Anita 4, Gulfstream Park 11, Santa Anita 5, and Gulfstream 12, which I believe. So it concludes with the Holy Bull Stakes, which will be one of the focal points along with the Southwest Stakes as the three-year-olds uh, head to the uh, try to earn Kentucky Derby points.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I'll take that even one step further, Bob. If uh, folks are going to be betting that particular wager, they'll want to do it at First Bet. And here's a cool thing, too. You can download the First Bet app on your iPhone or visit First that's 1st.com slash bet to sign up and play the races. And you sign up with promo code BETHRN, and you receive a $10 free bet plus a 100% deposit match up to $150 on your first deposit within 14 days of sign-up. So uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. You go If you're going to be playing that wager or any of the other races, go to um, first bet and download the app or go to first.com slash bet and use promo code bet h r r n you get all those benefits pretty cool stuff absolutely following this program
2: will be the brisnet.com call-in show i'll be joined by uh show regular uh the very popular james scully in about 22 minutes and uh I guess we're trying to theme this show tonight. Uh, Feel free to call the uh, phone. The phone number to call is 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. And tonight's tonight's gist, our main theme, is there one horse or one human, jockey, trainer, owner, or breeder, that you hope has a wonderful time of it in 2024? I've got a couple of... uh, uh, i've got one horse and and uh and one human uh, that i'll be talking about on the show but please uh give us a call in the uh next hour it's uh it's your hour uh express your opinions on uh horse racing and uh we'll look forward to uh
3: responding can i vote uh, for me yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm really hoping i have a wonderful time here in 2024 yeah i mean let's hope
2: i mean <laughs> i think we kind of hope that every year i think we're we're still waiting for our ship to come in <laughs> uh, but uh, may, maybe maybe 2024 is, is the year We definitely have uh, slid plenty of chips in uh, But anyways, right now we're going to take a break And uh, we'll be back with uh, Fairgrounds uh, Race not be the last uh, show we cover Or the last race we cover on today's First Bet Racing Show Thank you
9: While serving in Afghanistan, I was shot in the head by sniper fire The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land I was given a 5% chance to live. I'm Adam Alexander, and I'm a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and talk with kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get
0: the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways.
9: I know that some struggles are big, and some are small. But they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation.
0: Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
10: Hey, hon, what you
2: doing with your phone? Taking pictures?
10: No, I'm asking
2: questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends?
10: I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me, I wanna show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa.
8: Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
9: We gather together in communities across the nation to remember and honor,
10: to celebrate and support, to light the night. Join us as we lift our lanterns high in order to move toward a world free of blood cancers. Join us as we light the night for a loved one. Join us. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Our mission is to cure leukemia, lymphoma, Hodgkin's disease, and myeloma. Our aim is to improve the quality of life of
9: patients and their families. Join us. We are LLS, and when we walk, cancer runs. Join your community and help bring light to the darkness of cancer. Join us as we light
10: the night. Find your local event at lightthenight.org.
9: That's lightthenight.org.
5: Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening
0: to The First Bet Racing Show. On the Horse Racing Radio Network. They're
1: at the top of the stretch, and the leader is Hijazi through three quarters in 110 and 1. Hijazi off the turn, trying to blow it wide open. Castle Chaos and Tumbarumba two lengths behind, second and third. Loose for the drive is still Sunshine. We're an eighth of a mile from home, and Hijazi is still the target, but he has work to do. Tumbarumba surging to him, and on the outside, Castle Chaos. Castle Chaos, Tumbarumba. They get to Hijazi, and Tumbarumba gets up to win it. Tumbarumba turned away Castle Chaos. Steel Sunshine rolling home late in Hijazi in
2: 136-2. The Louisiana-bred Tumba Rumba getting the job done there. Uh, ran second to the mighty Louisiana-bred Touch Upon a Star at Fairgrounds in a state-bred race about six weeks ago and parlayed that excellent form there into a win over Hijazi, who had run second to Speedboat Beach in the uh, in the Malibu in his uh, previous start. So. Uh, pretty talented uh, horses in a $150,000 race.
3: Yeah, and a horse that is by Millridge Stallion Oscar Performance. Congratulations to them. And that's a horse that the Ammermans, the owners of Tumbaroma, campaigned during his racing career. Of course, they had others like Adoration, the winner of the Breeders' Cup Distaff, and Lido Palace, Coffee Click, Balance. Uh, so many top horses campaigned by the Ammermans. great to see them winning this race with the Louisiana bred as well
2: yeah and they have the bulk of their horses now trained by brian lynch who's uh he's well over uh 30 percent this meet and uh, continuing in an outstanding uh, form so always nice to see a uh, louisiana bred go down there to florida you don't see it very often go down to florida and win an open stakes race uh proving how good uh horses like touch upon a star and tumba rumba are um Anyways, we've got about uh, four minutes to the uh, fairgrounds' ninth race. I think it's going to be the last show, last race on the show today because uh, the Sunland Park card got pushed back, and I think they're going be right near the end of the program. Anyways, take a look at the ninth. The, line, the ninth is a mile and a sixteenth turf race. Uh, it's got a purse of $58,000. It's for fillies, three-year-old, uh, three-year-old fillies, which have never won a race other than maiden claiming starter or state bred. Or which have never won two races, or claiming price of one hundred thousand dollars, and according to uh, the uh, stats from ExpressBet AI, the uh, favorite um, in here, or the or the or their suggested uh, biggest chance to win would be Way to Be Marie, who's currently three to one for Florent Giroux, and Rob Atras, who Atras is batting a pretty remarkable four for seven. Uh, down there this meet, so he knows how to pick his spots. The current favorite is the four-horse, Pink Polka Dots, trained by Joe Sharp, who's kind of cooled off after a really hot start down there and ridden by Jaime Torres, who we saw win earlier on this program.
3: Yeah, and I think that the betting public has this one right. I think the artificial intelligence with first bet has this one right. Um, Way to be Marie, number three, and number four, Pink Polka Dots, seem to be the two horses Um, most likely to get to the winner circle in this spot this afternoon I sided with way to be Marie um, simply because of the fact that Pink Polka Dots who ran a gigantic race in her debut to win by three and a half lengths was 14 to one that day wasn't expected to put forth that type of effort and now she has to step up into facing winners for the first time and I understand that a lot of these horses are going to be you know facing winners for the first time but I'm always a bit leery, Bob, when I I see a horse that was not super highly regarded, that pulled off their maiden win in their first start, and they did it at long odds. I, I seem to find most often that those horses will regress a bit in their next start. And if that's the case, I think way to be Marie is the horse that can end up running down Pink Polka Dots at the end. I expect Pink Polka Dots to be on the lead. The one thing she does have going for her, and this is what made it such a difficult decision for me, is that the horse she beat in that tremendous maiden win came back to win. So her form has been franked, so to speak, and uh, that is a feather in her cap. But I still look for her to regress off of that big effort, and if that's the case, way to be marie is my top pick. I think she sits just off the pace, and she comes and runs down pink polka dots late to get the victory. Also in here is the seven-horse Marsha, Marsha, Marsha,
2: who was claimed last time out by Kenneth Ramsey for $30,000. This one's trained by Robertino Diodoro, who seems to be his man at the fairgrounds these days. Won by 10 lengths on January 11th for maiden claiming 30, so a significant rise in class but when you win by 10, you think that would be in order. This is a three-year-old filly by the uh, Dubawi sire, DeMarchellier, out uh, of the Uncle Mo got it made. So a uh, lovely pedigree for uh, this type of race, mount of 16th on the grass. And we'll see if that one can improve uh, first time off the claim. Diodoro, another one, just like Safi Joseph, who trains uh, Ramsey's horses in Florida, that does very well first off the claim. He's
3: 22%. That win by Marsha, Marsha, Marsha last time out to break her maiden was extremely impressive, but I caution people, I don't know that she was beating very much that day, and she just may have been the best among an ordinary group. We'll see. Um, If she can continue to prove in this spot today that that effort was no fluke, yes, she has an opportunity to be in the mix late, but I – I don't see it happening. I think that she's a bit overmatched in this spot here today. I think that they'll probably end up settling on a softer spot for her down the road. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like you say, Robertino Diodoro, Ken Ramsey, lethal connections quite typically when they team up. Yeah, no, it's interesting. How would you feel, Mike, uh, January 11th at
2: Fairgrounds Race 5, if you you yourself or you and your buddies had dropped a claim on Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? And obviously, it's a maiden claiming thirty. So you're, you're hoping that uh, she gets beat by a head and keeps the condition. How would you feel uh, watching her win by ten? I mean, would, <laughs> would you feel would you feel uh, uh, happy about that? Thinking that you got a uh, you might have gotten a Philly worse worth twice that
3: for thirty thousand dollars? Yeah. Uh, Nothing. Yeah, you would, you would, and that, I mean that's all part of the claiming game, right? It's such a crapshoot, and when something like that happens, you're smiling from from ear to ear. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're,
2: you're definitely uh, whoever came up with the idea to claim her. Uh, she was nine to five that day, so she was favored, but I don't think they expected her to win by ten, and uh, she stepped off of up off a decent performance for maiden claiming thirty before. Uh, and has uh, and has worked nicely. Um, most recently, a, f- a half-mile work in 48 and one at Louisiana Downs, where Diodoro keeps his Louisiana string. It'll be interesting to see what she does first off the claim. But again, uh, your selection is Way to Be Marie from the Red Hot Atres barn. Also, the selection of Express Bet.
3: And don't AI. don't be surprised, Bob. Not to cut you off, but don't be surprised if Reagan's Flame number five runs a big race in here today too.
2: And Red Hot Brian Hernandez, he, he went on a $39 horse for uh, Catalano. Uh, who, who knows what's next? Okay, there. seven of the eight are in. Here comes uh, li- Livy Me Dreaming, and here's John Dooley for one last time today Ready. on the First Bet Racing Show. Ready.
4: And Zaroff doesn't hurt to flirt from the rail. Pink polka dots, and right there is Reagan's flame in the neon orange cap. It's Pink polka dots who leads out for Jaime Torres, an easy lead here for Pink polka dots who won on debut. Pink polka dots to the first turn, three in front of Reagan's flame, who chases the pace. To the inside is doesn't hurt to flirt, and in between Phillies is Way to be Marine. On the outside, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha in that Ramsey red cap. Racing wide as they go to the back of the course, six furlongs from home. Saving ground is Lady Helena. Then Levy Me Dreaming and Bronte Ferry has dropped back to last. The front runner is Pink Polka Dots, who's cleared off as they make this run toward the half-mile pole. The opening quarter in 23.40 seconds. It's Pink Polka Dots, a solo act. Pink Polka Dots has come clear by Nine. From Reagan's Flame, who's running second by three-quarters length to Marsha, Marsha, Marsha in third. As they head to the far turn, Way to be Marie is in fourth. Doesn't hurt to flirt, saving Brown in fifth. Too clear from Living Me Dreaming. Three-quarters length then to Lady Helena. And three lengths away, Bronte Ferry, remains the final filly. It's Pink Polka Dots, who takes them to a half mile. In 48.56 seconds, the favorite lead, Pink Polka Dots in front here, coming toward the quarter pole. Pink Polka Dots leads. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha looks to narrow the margin. It's Pink Polka Dots. Up by two as they straighten past the quarter pole. These three-year-old Phillies turn for home. It's pink polka dots. Marsha 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 Reagan's flame on the outside, living me dreaming. Lady Helena deeper out into the course. Doesn't hurt to flirt. Dent to the inside is Way to be Marie. Pink Polka Dots. Six lengths in front here. Deep in the final furlong from a running on. Way to be Marie and Lady Helena on the outside with Jaime Torres for three on the day. Pink Polka Dots. All the way. Pink Polka Dots repeats at the Fairgrounds meet. Way to be Marie was second. Regan's playing third, and Lady Helena finished fourth.
2: Yeah, definitely a good closing effort by Way to Be Marie to uh, clearly be second uh, best in there. But uh, that looks like a exciting filly here. This pink polka dots. I mean, she's a free running sort. Jaime Torres just lets her roll along on the front, and I thought she might be in a little bit of trouble turning for home, but she found a couple extra gears there. That was that was pretty um, pretty awesome stuff from her. And uh, while we're uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it was she's she's a fourteen to one first time out. She was kind of ignored again, uh, to an extent here. Oh no, she was slammed down to even money. So she uh, yeah 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 pretty yeah, impressive she,
3: effort. We might have just witnessed something very special. We could be looking at a a, a superstar in this division because she has so much early speed and I, obviously. I was completely wrong thinking that she would regress off of that win first time out at 14-1. to She looked every bit the part of an even-money favorite here today. And you mentioned coming to the top of the stretch. It looked like they were starting to get to her and swallow her up. And you're thinking, okay, here's what I was talking about. At least that's what I was thinking. I said, I'm going to be right. And, boy, I couldn't have been more wrong because it just seemed as if Jaime Torres was just giving her just a – bit of a breather before he said okay girl let's go finish this thing up and when he asked her again at the top of the stretch she just ran away from them and she is really really good this was a special effort
2: yeah no pink polka dots is one to put in the notebook and i really like the way she ran through the wire and she galloped out strong as well so at no point uh did she appear tired in fact she looks pretty spry yeah heading back to the winner's circle
3: yeah she's good she's very very good and um yeah, we'll see as the waters continue to get deeper and all of that. But right now, what you're seeing from this three-year-old filly is class, speed, and those two things on the grass can be very, very dangerous. She really looked the part of a good horse here today. And remember that name, Pink Polka Dots. I think you're going to hear more from her. We'll hope to get the uh, results in for
2: race nine. We should have time to do so. But in the meantime, we didn't talk uh, at all really about the most talked about subject in uh, – Horse racing this week, and that was on Monday, was the deadline to move your Kentucky Derby contenders out of the Bob Baffert barn if you wanted to uh, participate in earning Kentucky Derby points. And uh, nobody did that, uh, combined with the fact that uh, his, his uh, stalwart colt, the uh, sort of the most exciting colt in the barn, the three year old Nisos, goes in the uh, Bob Lewis on Saturday at uh, Santa Anita, so he won't be earning points uh if he if he wins. Uh but it's interesting horses like Nysos and Muth uh they decided to stay put.
3: Yeah. Um the move on the part of the owners is something that I I commend them. That is not an easy thing to do, to turn down that lure of the Kentucky Derby. Right? Everybody wants to win the Kentucky Derby. And when you have the caliber of horses that they have in training with Bob Baffert, you kind of get a feeling that, okay, yeah, we have the right horse. Now we just have to find a way to put that horse with the right trainer, with Bob being suspended in order to get them to Louisville to give us a shot. But all of the trainers standing together, and there are a lot of good horses. I mean, you know, you look at Nysos and then you look at Muth and, you know, some of the top three-year-olds in the land. And now it'll be interesting. Uh, to see if Churchill downs for the, the credibility of the Kentucky Derby of their race, if they decide to continue this suspension of Bob Baffert or if something changes over the next month or two and they say, okay, uh, you know, these horses will be allowed to run and you can run horses. I don't expect that to happen. I don't think it's going to, um, that's probably more of a, uh, a pipe dream than anything if you're in the Bob Baffert camp, but, um, you know, there's some big names that are going to be left out of the Kentucky Derby this year, and the owner's all taking a stand, which really makes a statement um, about the suspension of Bob Baffert.
2: True that. Uh, anyways, Fairgrounds uh, Race 9, the results are in. The exciting pink polka dots was the winner, a three-year-old filly by Candy Ride, out of the Dinah former mayor, Taffanine, trained by Joe Sharp. This one owned by Carl R. Moore Management, LLC. And she she did so uh, as we spoke about very impressively.
3: Yeah, 420 for the win, 260 to place, 220 to show. Number three, Way to Be Marie returns three dollars to place, 220 to show. Number five, Reagan's Flame 280 for the show. It was number four, Lady Helena who will check in fourth. The two dollar exacta four three, ten dollars and eighty cents. The fifty cent try seven dollars and fifteen cents, and the ten cent super comes back five dollars. $0.87. Cents. Well,
2: it's been a pleasure working with you, Mike. Thanks very much. Uh, have a great uh, equine forum uh, this weekend. And uh, please stay tuned, again, for the uh, BrizNet call-in show. Uh, James Scully will be on there with me. I'm sure we'll be talking Baffert and Churchill and a number of other, other subjects. Uh, again, the phone lines are open, and the phone number is 888-966-4776. Eight 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 nine six six H R R N. Good night from the first bet racing show.